0: the Youthscape podcast, a podcast for Christians who work with young people. another edition of the youthscape podcast i'm martin saunders she's rachel gardner we are here in the uh, the proper studio yes. at butte mills luton uh, luton youthscape hq
1: <laughs> we always struggle to say it don't luton. we they employ us like we should know the name of the place that employ us luton Luton employs us, Euscape employs us and we're very glad to be here and to be bringing this episode to you from within the hallowed halls of Euscape. Martin,
0: how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. You're wearing something, I don't like to objectify you, but you are, you do it to me quite a lot, so I don't mind. I do. You're wearing um, something interesting today. So I, I saw you were wearing what I thought was a very, very long shirt. Yes. Um But is it a shirt?
1: Well, it kind of is a, sh- a shirt slash dress. I've got leggings underneath. So I've got, it's a bright green dress. It's yes. linen. I've got leggings underneath, bright blue mules and a leather jacket.
0: Yeah. And you would think, listening to that, that yeah. couldn't possibly work, but she pulls it off.
1: <laughs> Martin, what are you wearing? Oh, do we go there. Jeans and a jumper.
0: Always wearing the same thing.
1: Always the same thing, but washed. Thank I, my Lord. You
0: know that it's the Mark Zuckerberg thing. It's one less thing to think about in the morning. Oh. I'm going to dress. Steve Jobs is the same.
1: Yeah, but I like thinking about what I'm going to wear. I like express. You, we don't dress to impress. Well, I think there are situations where maybe you want to sort of say, look, I know what I'm talking about. But we dress to express, don't we? Oh,
0: yeah. That
1: is, that is beautiful. So it is a creati- it's a It's about your creativity, Martin. It's about not having a gaping hole in your creativity. I have
0: got a gaping hole in my oh, creativity. Oh, bless you.
1: Good job Jesus loves you. He does.
0: So this season of mm-hmm. the Youthscape podcast is all about uh, Youthscape's Travels around the world. Yes. That's what I'm going to call this episode.
1: Each, each episode is different. I mean,
0: escape travels around <laughs> the world. So, um, so we, we've been meeting different people. We when we we started in sort of semi alphabetical order, and we yes. did Austria, and then we did Australia, um, but we're going somewhere completely. Oh, different I'm so excited about today. Although, we're still, we're sort of still in the A's. Are we? Oh we are, yes. Because we're going to Africa.
1: Yes, we're going to a very specific place in Africa. But yes, Africa. I I hadn't even twigged that. Yes, that's right. Oh, my goodness. uh, This is great. So,
0: in fact, uh, we're going to Kenya. Yes. uh, To meet a new friend of ours who is Zimbabwean. Yeah. So, uh, so there's all sorts of uh, countries involved. In fact, if we'd gone to Zimbabwe, we could have gone straight from A oh, to, Z. to Z.
1: That would have been beautiful. Yeah. We don't think about these things we until don't. they come out of our mouths. We do don't we? think about it a lot before yeah, it comes we out don't. Of our mouths. We don't.
0: Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm really enjoying yeah. this opportunity to um, meet people from like completely different context to us yes. like not just like a slightly different com- context and i think i've been most excited about this episode yes me because too. we're going to we're going to meet someone who is in a completely different place to mm. us um, and so i'm hoping that you've got some fun facts to
1: I have up got some fun about facts about Kenya, Kenya. and uh, those who've been tuning in each week have heard a little theme develop which i might see if i can carry on mm. i've started each fun fact with a mountainous fact okay so are you ready for this yes Kenya... Has the second highest mountain in Africa. So the highest is Mount Kilimanjaro, oh, yes. and the second highest is Mount Kenya in Kenya. Uh, second fun fact: Kenya is the home to the world's fastest land animal. What is that, Martin? A cheetah. Yes, 120 miles per hour. Wait, that's extraordinary. <laughs> Apparently, if I was to drive a car in Kenya, I would feel at home because they drive on the left. Do they? They drive on the left. Well,
0: that's good. That
1: isn't that a fascinating yeah, fact. Yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. Um, and of course, Kenya is home to the the fantastic Maasai people who are the tallest African people in a nomadic community, and who also, they jump incredibly tall. There's so much more we could say about them, but I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And then a little bit linking with a previous fun fact from a country, uh, an, a Kenyan woman was the first to receive the Nobel Peace Prize in Africa. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? She what was, was in, her name? Her name was, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to pr- pronounce this very well, Wangari Mathai. That, I mean, that, that might not be good pronunciation. But isn't that incredible? So she was a scholar from East and Central Africa and she had a doctorate in biology. Now, listen to this. I love this. London is famous for red buses. Yes. New York is famous for
0: uh, skyscrapers, yellow cabs, oh, sorry. think, think
1: vehicles. New Delhi has uh, rickshaws. Rickshaws, yeah. Nairobi has matatus. They're oh, brightly yeah. colored minibuses. buses. It's how everyone gets around. Really? Like those really beautiful, brightly colored little buses. Yeah. That's
0: like what a, they're famous like for. Like a school bus.
1: A sm- little bit smaller and brightly coloured and everyone oh. travels in them. I love that. And then here we go. Last fun fact. Yes. So everyone knows this. Okay, people shout out as I'm saying this. What are the big five Af- African animals that you find in Kenya? Because Kenya is about the big five. Yeah, lion's one of them. Buffalo. Buffalo's one of them. Well done. Giraffe. No, it's not in the big five, I don't think. Uh, elephant. Yes, African elephant, which is different. Isn't Hippo. It? No. Did I say rhino? No, rhino. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: d- and then a cat-like creature. Leopard.
1: Yes. So elephant, lion, leopard, cape buffalo, and rhinoceros. I mean, what an extraordinary country! Yeah. All of this diversity and beauty and strength packed into one place. And you... so we just want to make that clear that it is, oh. you know, absolutely. Thank the Lord for Wikipedia to help me get those facts. But thank the Lord for our dear friend who actually is serving in Kenya, who could actually really tell us what is going on.
0: Yes. So now we're gonna we're gonna be respectful. <laughs> and serious for a minute and we're going to meet our, our yeah, friend so uh, in kenya tc yes. so we are thrilled to be speaking uh, to tc today who is in kenya but not Kenyan. Is that right?
2: Yeah. So my name is TC. My, my actual name is difficult for non-African natives. Uh, my actual name is Tatenda Chukwekwe. So <laughs> I, I try and avoid that. So TC is pretty easy. Uh, originally from the southern part of Africa, that's Zimbabwe. That's when I was uh, uh, born and raised. But I've been uh, here in Kenya. My wife is Kenyan. Uh, I've been based here for, for a long time. Uh, so really... You know, country of my passport is Zimbabwe, but in terms of my cultural orientation and where I work from uh, and where I'm rooted, it's pretty much in Nairobi, Kenya, which is the eastern part of Africa.
0: And tell us about your work. So, what do you what do you do? And tell us about your work with uh, young people as well, particularly.
2: Yeah, so primarily involved uh, in the local church, big believer in young people in the local church. So overseeing our next generation ministries in our church where I'm the associate pastor, but involved with a local network that is, uh, you know, a largely urban collective of youth workers and youth pastors, but also nationwide uh, networks, then uh, regional and then continental across Africa, working with youth workers and youth pastors, but also just involved in a lot of, um, from our own uh, uh, church and organization, just reaching out to Kenyan, but African, uh, you know, youth in in different contexts, because Africa is, is, is so diverse. So you could say working with youth workers and youth pastors empowering on one end, but also doing... Uh, and and involved in investing in a lot of uh, reaching out to young people with the gospel. Yeah, That's TC, a mouthful, right?
1: <laughs> that is a fantastic, absolutely fantastic. TC, can you give us a little bit of a snapshot of just what the last sort of twelve months have been like, particularly in terms of youth ministry? We just would love to hear a little bit about the impact of of COVID, particularly in terms of youth ministry and and work with young people. What's been going on?
2: yeah so there's a i think uh, initially what happened was with a lot of youth with some youth ministries there is one of the phrases that I, i've been using it, it it might not be appropriate across all cultures but i'll say it i'll get away with it because i'm african but it's warren buffett who say that you know When the tide goes out, you know who was swimming naked, right? Wow. Uh, That uh, there's uh, in a lot of ways where people felt like they were caught out um, when it when it came, Um, um, and then our context. So a lot of there in urban Africa, a lot of people who you know were some who had uh, adopted the much more event-based approach to youth ministry. So there was impacts there, but there's also a tremendous um growth that happened because our um, cultural context here is very communal. Um uh, So that became a cultural infrastructure in which the gospel could, could move into. So wow. yeah. there's a quicker realization of how do we connect and move quicker from the you know, event-driven to a much more. How do we connect? So there was pockets where there was challenges because of the event-driven, but there are pockets where there was massive revival that people had never seen before because it became easier to talk about the gospel because you know the, uh, the pandemic was just one of the greatest opportunity for evangelism. So th- there's there's parts in which it has caused a lot of you know made it easier to communicate the gospel to young people, uh, made it easier to do ministry to young people and ministry through young people as well. So for the most part, I think uh, it has had impact on the lives, but in terms of ministry and, and revival and seeing young people come to know the Lord, it's been great.
0: I mean, that is remarkable because we're, we're sitting here in, in England feeling a bit sorry for ourselves and a bit sad about how the last 18 months have gone and and we're seeing fewer young people connecting mm. with church. You are saying mm. the opposite. So just just to drill down a little bit into that, like what that actually mm. looks like. So how, how has that worked? Does that involve technology or has it involved, you know, more mm. local, more community-based things? Or, you know, what is mm. what is Catalyzed this amazing evangelistic growth that you've seen.
2: No, so technology plays a part in it uh, because just the smartphone penetration in Nairobi. I mean, we you know the phrase Yolo. I don't know if you mm, have it in England, Yeah. but he, here it's you only live online, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so because of just digital natives in urban Africa, so that's catalyzed. Uh, that uh, as well, but I think the big question was like, what does it look like to advance when the whole world is retreating? Right. I think there's just a massive realization what the, what the people are worried about uh, and their needs and their concerns are actually v- vacuums of the gospel. They're gospel vacuums, right? They're worried about death. They're worried about these things that the gospel answers. So I think there was just uh, a conversation around the relationships and the network to say, guys, think about this, right? These are gospel vacuums. These are echoes. Their longings, their desires, their fears. These are actually echoes of the longing of the gospel. So I think the ability to quickly frame it, well, to say the worst thing that could happen to a young person is eternity without Christ. That COVID is is not. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's by and large an inconvenience. It's by and large, yes, it is an actual, you know, we're in an actual pandemic with its days. We need to be cautious, but thus it was just a way of thinking and attitude that right off the bat, when we're, we're like, you know, what we, we we've got to we've got to do this. So I think I could think it's it's the early messaging, the quick, uh, you know. Re, re, uh, resolution to to actually pray and embolden bolden. Mm. I think a part of it was largely the messaging, right? To just say, right off the bat, what does it what does it look like when Paul and Silas were in jail and they didn't pray for safety and they said, God, that if you'd make us bold uh, to to share the gospel, so it was was really the messaging, uh, and that you know, youth workers are trying to uh, to to drama into young people but also we have a we have a significantly young population. Uh so yeah, yeah. I, I think there could be dynamics. the dynamics. Technology has catalyzed, but the messaging uh has been be cautious, but it's not we're not called to safety, right? We this is a dangerous calling, there's there's risks. Of course they're calculated. We're thinking about your health, but you know, within this bounds of safety, health and safety. Here's how we can still exercise radical generosity. Here's how we can still speak the gospel. So, uh, technology, but just the boldness of yeah. you know the this gospel is... courage in the moment.
1: Uh, it's just so inspirational uh, hearing you talk about gospel courage, about just reframing what is what is the worst that can happen. It's a life without knowing Jesus. I mean, just, just hearing you from Nairobi, just reframing this in your evangelism among urban African youth. Uh, so you, you talk about in Kenya, it's a very young population. So g- give us a bit of insight, um, TC, into what are the challenges facing young people today that you're working with? in in nairobi across the rest of africa in terms of, of of whether they're going to say yes to jesus or not what are some of those big challenges that youth evangelists and disciple makers are facing with young people
2: Yeah, you know, i think the biggest one is an identity crisis and i don't mean the how we've spoken about it within youth ministry like oh i'll discover who you are i think there's just a global identity crisis the church is going through an identity crisis because uh, traditional identity has been scrambled in society. Like, what is male? What is female? What is marriage? That's been scrambled across the, across society. But that's also gone into the church. Like, what is the church? What is Christianity? Where do we go from mm-hmm. here? With it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think um, just that's the biggest challenge that we have to to maintain to retain, you know, a gospel identity. But that second challenge is possibly cultural Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where there's young people. When you ask a young person in Arabia and in Africa, in in Greater Africa, are you? If you ask them if they're Christian, they'll say yes. But what they're telling you, number one, is it's just telling you that I'm not a Muslim. Two, some think Christianity is a personality type. They think you know you're phlegmatic, you're choleric, then you're Christian. It's like a disposition that you have. There's some people who think Christianity is like a healthy lifestyle, like you're a vegan, you're a vegetarian. I'm Christian. I don't smoke. I don't do this. Right. So it's just like a, a very shallow understanding of biblical Christianity, right? Because of just the cult. Because Christianity is growing exponentially in this part of the world, but the quality uh, of that. So I'll say identity uh, is a big thing because it's like okay, so what is the church? So what is the pastor? So what is this That's a crisis? Uh, this uh, and and many other things associated with that, right? And I don't. Th- uh, and then the second one. It's just that, uh, that Christianity that's just, just that. But the other thing is just because of our circumstances, unfortunately, uh, because um, just the economic realities in which young people exist in, uh, there's been a gospel that's come from parts of the world, which is the wealth and you know, prosperity gospel. So it's, 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 it's impacted a, a tonne. Uh, of just young people. So that's, those are the things, three things that I'll say. I'm like an identity that's coming from just and needs to disrupt what has been for a long time. influx, because youth culture is much more generational than it is geographical. So you could find a young person in London and a young person in Nairobi uh, have similar exposures, right? And they're interacting with things at the same time. So that's, that's a big thing. Then cultural Christianity, that's within the church. Then just a faulty... Uh, you know, gospel that's there where the the gospel is is growing, uh, but you know there's all kinds of gospels being being peddled out there.
0: That 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 last thing you talked about there, that kind of what you might call the prosperity gospel movement, the health and wealth stuff, Absolutely. does that become a big challenge for you if you're trying to reach and disciple and past young people? Is there deprogramming that has to happen because yep. you've got a whole movement of uh, there's a, like a revival happening in that kind of slightly faulty gospel part of the church as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to. Uh, a, a part of it is, you know, finding the balance of having to, because I think it's 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 part of, it's part of what has happened. So for a long time, it's part of how, you know, parts of the world have had an influence because that's where missionaries came from. But the people who preached they you know, sometimes their own personal inclination and convictions came. So part of it is how do we teach the truth, right? How do you teach the truth? But part of it, how, how do we call out the apparent examples in society of people who are distorting the the true gospel through the prospect the health and wealth, that they're actually doing a disservice because the economic realities of Africa are going to be here maybe for the next 80 years or 100 years. It's God's sovereign will that we're here, but how do we live in the in these circumstances and be grateful and accept God's sovereign will uh, for, for, uh, for young people and just say, you know, these are the realities that we're in, but here's how... The gospel provides the satisfaction that you think you would have derived from a different, you know, set. Uh, So it's yeah, Mm. that's what I would say if I've heard your question. Yeah, yeah. In terms of how, yeah.
1: That is absolutely brilliant, T C. It's such a it's really amazing. We're just hanging on your every word of what you're saying. So so when you look at um, the stuff that your church are doing and, and what churches across Nairobi and Greater Africa are doing, what what gives you hope, TC, as you look at the next generation, emerging generations? What what, what are the signs of life and hope that are inspiring you?
2: I think uh, one is gospel unity around churches. That's that's brilliant, man. Because the big question we're always asking is, what is that one thing we can achieve for God only when we're together? And we can't do it when we're apart, right? Wow, yeah. So just that beauty of like, let's, it's one target, it's one city, it's one Africa. This is the future of the gospel. This is not just about young people, but this is entrusting the gospel to the next generation. And just... I mean, if you look at the migration report by UN for 2020, it shows you the highest number of people who moved across the world are Africans. There are over 19 million Africans that went everywhere else in the world, and the fewer Europeans or Brits or Americans coming to this part of the world. So I'm really excited that we are able to, you know, there's gospel unity, there's a sense of gospel conquest that, you know, we can take over the world for Christ among young people, right? So as that happens, we're like, wow, uh, we're, we're so happy with just a sense of moving from feeling like Africa is a basket case of everything, but a sense of being empowered to say, guys, the future of the gospel globally is we are also part of just that the state of youth ministry across the world. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, that's, that's really exciting. I think also people are intimidated with just the youth culture. I don't know who say this is it GK Chesterton or Augustine who said, you know, even the person knocking on the door for brothel is looking for Jesus. Right. We're excited that this generation is seeking, they're doing all this kinds of things, but they're seeking, right. Which means, What they're actually seeking for is the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for us, that's a great gospel opportunity. So we have stewarded that seeking and seen it as a great opportunity for the gospel. So the fact that the crazy things happening in the world doesn't intimidate us or you know weaken our resolve, but it's exciting. It's we're enthused about the gospel vacuums that we are seeing. So I'm I'm pretty you know I'm pumped up uh, with what God is doing. And, and just how he wants to draw young people to himself and to just be a part uh, of that.
0: Amazing. Oh, amazing. amazing. <laughs> TC, we, we have been so inspired from across the world. Thank you so much for sharing Thank some time you. with us today. We really appreciate Thank meeting you. Thank you. you
1: so much. Thank you. <laughs> it's great.
2: That's yes, absolutely it was my pleasure to be here with you guys.
0: Well, Rachel, I am tempted after just a couple of episodes to declare this season of Youthscape the podcast an absolute success.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was on, I was on the edge of my seat listening to TC. I just, oh. you know, we are we are asking very simple questions and letting them speak, and the stuff that's coming out, the themes that are cropping up. I mean, unity again, yeah, really interesting, <laughs> extraordinary, and and these are leaders speaking about unity in a context where it's it's costly mm. the, the the history you know we we're not going to go into it but we know enough about you know what happens around the world to know that unity is is yeah. going against a trend of what the culture is saying oh my goodness
0: that comes so, at a high yeah, price for sure. high
1: price and it's i mean i just think it's fantastic two I things that. i
0: i found really interesting <laughs> Um, obviously, it's great to hear a really different image of Africa, like yeah. urban Africa, digital Africa. Like we d- that doesn't often get projected, does it? So it's really good to hear that from someone on the ground. But the other thing I found really interesting was the way he talked about the pandemic.
2: Mm. Like that was a
0: bit unsettling, wasn't it? Like mm. this, this just actually this has been tough. And there's massive risks to health and safety. But also, this has been a huge opportunity for us. Now, we've heard a bit of that narrative in the UK, but I would say it wasn't really followed through from the early days. You know, we we heard a bit of that narrative in sort of March, April 2020 from certain people, but now no one's really declaring the pandemic as a big evangelistic revival moment. Whereas in Kenya, you've got TC there saying, This has been, you know, really phenomenal. He used the R word. Yeah, you know, he 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 really did say that, and and I think that's what they've seen on the ground. So that's tremendously encouraging and a little bit challenging to us.
1: Well, and it really is. I think he he was what I loved. What he did a few times was he held things in tension, Mm. like he was kind of saying, "I know there's this, but there's also this, and I know there's this, and there's also." And that isn't that the heart of our theology? Yeah. Well, I know there's death, but there is life, and actually, the greatest tragedy is is that a young person lives forever without knowing Jesus. You know, is, is life without Jesus? So, I, and I think he wasn't dim- dismissing the the obvious suffering and pain that we can only imagine is happening, and currently across Africa, when we look at the kind of the injustice with the vaccine rollout. Uh, but he didn't get locked there, did he? He was talking about actually the missional heart that he has is, of course, it's about keeping young people physically and emotionally safe. But it's about showing everlasting life with these mm. young people. And mm. it, in a way that I'm like, gosh, that is such a challenge to me. That is such a strong wake-up call. Um, and I, yeah, I that was powerful. I needed to hear that from him, I think. Yeah,
0: it was brilliant. And, and obviously some people listening to this will be a bit upset that we just called him TC. Uh, but he did ask us to he do He asked that, us to call him TC. But his name is Tatenda Chikwekwe. Uh, So we'll honour him by actually saying his name. But he did ask us to just uh, keep it short because he he felt we'd probably get it wrong. Now, Rach, we're going to think about something slightly closer to home um, because, very excitingly, after a bit of a break, we are going back to having an in-person... Oh, come on. You're going to cry. National (laughs) Youth Ministry Weekend. (gasps)
1: I just had a flash in my mind then a memory of getting on the train at, at Preston and getting off the train at Birmingham and then walking through the massive conference area and just by the time the elevator the kind of the no, not elevator what are the stairs that move escalator called? escalator by the time that had got me to the top I was so excited about being with the tribe. I know we use that tribe language all the time to talk about other youth workers, but I just I felt like I was coming home. So when you said that, I was like, I'm gonna be coming up on those escalators and see all my friends. You were there, you were on the I escalator was. I was like, yeah.
0: So we're back in Birmingham. Yeah, absolutely. uh, From November November. 12th Mm. to the 14th. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Weekend.
0: Resorts World.
1: Oh, it's so good. If
0: you've never been, it's so good. It's so nice, isn't it? It is really good. Basically, you're in this big shopping centre with loads of restaurants and things in it. Yes. And so there's loads of places to hang out. There's a Cineworld. world. Yeah. That's always fun. Um, And. uh, and then you can always spot youth workers looking guilty coming out and you're thinking, you can't have been in the main session this evening. Because you just watched a just come
1: flick. just come out of mm. there, which is
0: absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. That's what we want. And there's also yeah. a spa if you've got like a million pounds. Is there a spa? It's so expensive. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah don't okay, go there. Don't go there. But, um, but then at the top... Up the escalator, you have the Vox Conference yeah, Centre, where we are hosting the National Youth Ministry Weekend for the third time after that little one year interruption. Mm. Um, and our theme this year is First Love. It's all about getting back to the heart of youth ministry. I,
1: I love it. And it's first, comma, I knew you were going to do this. Because I I just, I love that because it straight away in my brain it says it's about first love, but it's also first love. Let's love. You know, yeah. it's, this, it's this beautiful thing. Can I also say, just for anybody out there who's feeling a little anxious, because obviously we're slowly opening up society and stuff. What's so awesome yeah. about the Vox is that it is one of these hyper modern buildings that has incredible airflow and yeah. I, I never felt ever in my life i'd ever sort of say that as a reason to come but it's a re- it's a really well-purposed space yep. that we can do fantastic we can keep everybody safe brilliantly in it and have a wonderful time now i know i've probably told the story before but my, my other memory as well as the escalator was staying i was put up was like i was speaking there staying in the hotel on site yes realizing at half eleven. I could order room service, which I don't know about you, but I never do that in my life. Oh. And then thought, what am I going to eat at half 11? And I ordered rhubarb crumble and custard. What? I don't know why I ordered that, but I did. (laughs) Did you eat it? I did, and then you do that whole thing like, well, what, now what do I do with it? What do I do with this now? And
0: what, and what do you mean? What do you do with it? What, what do you, you, mean you the bowl?
1: It? Like, I want to get rid of oh, it now. Bo- do you, leave do it you leave it But do you? That yeah. to me is a little bit like, I'm entitled. I've just had my food and just put it out there. I think that's what how the
0: system works. Oh, is it? I think all you're doing is doing what they ask. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, that's fine. I was just yeah, okay, that's fine. Everyone's everyone's happy. But that's what I did. Yeah. So it's a place where you can try new experiences, like Great. ordering rhubarb crumble. I knew you were night. going somewhere yeah. with that. So what are are you most excited about about
0: the conference? Oh, I'm excited about seeing everybody back in a room. Yes. Together, I'm excited about singing. Yeah, really excited about yeah. that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm worshiping together. We've got the KXC band, yeah. or if you were at renew normal, you might have heard Chris Curtis <laughs> referred to them as the KFC band. That was one of my absolute highlights. Um, so we've got the KXC band coming. Um, we've got obviously Mike Pavarchi coming oh, on Saturday great. night. He's going to yeah. be uh, speaking and also leading ministry, which I think is just it's a gonna just, that is a room I want to be in.
1: Yeah, it's going to go off, isn't it? Um,
0: and yeah. and just I think the opportunity to get back together into the presence of God re-envisioned yeah. about why we do what we do um, i just think it's gonna be really special it's
1: gonna be very special i do think it, the tickets i mean they are flying off the shelf but do please book yeah. quick
0: there's a there's a there are a few left but yes. most of them are gone yes so you can get booked in now youthscape.co.uk mm. forward slash nymw yeah uh, please 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 book on get yourself yeah. your team yeah. your mum anyone you can. Well,
1: don't bring your mum if she's not a youth worker, because so that will just take up a seat. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean,
0: anybody can be a youth worker. No, that's
1: a really good point. i was just thinking that it, the, you're, you're bringing your mum because you just want to kind of include your mum in what you're doing. All right, don't like, bring your mum. Don't bring your mum. Fine. <laughs> Unless Conversation she's in over. Youth.
0: <laughs> Once again, one of my <laughs> big ideas gets rejected.
1: <laughs> but... um. I, As part of, like, you know, this sort of zooming around the world and just learning from fantastic people, that's one of the exciting things about the conference as well, isn't it? That we do have people come from all around the world to get involved with the conference. We have have voices from all around the world, and that's only going to get more because we just really want to be hearing from brothers and sisters around the world about what God's doing in their context and what we can learn from them. So it's a a real learning space, actually, isn't it? It is. There are people on the platforms, but there's loads of stuff that happens in those conversations that are just so powerful. So... Rock up and just be you, and um, it will be amazing. Yeah, if you are
0: coming from another nation outside of the UK, um, we do put on sort of special receptions and opportunities for you to get together and network with each other. We really want this to be, I know it's in England, I know it's in Birmingham, Mm. but it is quite accessible. There's an airport in Birmingham, and the airport is literally like just just yes, off-site. It's it really is. easy it's to get so to. so close. Um, but we love as many uh, visitors from Europe and even beyond. Yes, I'm please. always staggered when we like, where's everyone come from? And someone says, Japan. <laughs> and you go, what is wrong with you? You've come <laughs> from Japan. But thank you. Yes, you're very it's welcome. Um, so we put on all sorts of stuff to network those people together as well. And um, yeah. and yeah, we'd love the vision for the thing is that it is truly an international conference.
1: That is fantastic. And yet again, we can hear the planes going over. You can hear that rumble in the background because where we are in Luton is also right next to an airport. It's a so hub. As things open up, we want to be sort of saying hi and getting out and seeing more people as well. So it's so exciting. So we're going to be there, Martin, aren't yes, we? We Our are. Team, so excited. Is that it for today's episode? I think it
0: probably is. Have we yes. landed? We have. What an exciting to to episode. Brilliant. Of, uh, the Escape Podcast, whatever it's called. Yes. Um, we'll be back with an- in another far flung destination yes. next time.